Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. should talk about social media break yesterday I was driving up to the mountains and I was mentioning that a friend was taking a social media break and I was like I should take one for like three days but then I thought I would have to plan it like I would I can't just I can't just disappear you can't just disappear but um then I thought remember when we went to Mexico for our Mm -hmm. mastermind in 2017 and we had to put our our phones in the box and we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to touch them. Yep. And I remember at first I kept like wanting to, like I kept wanting to look down yeah, at my first hand. First 20 minutes something. for sure were rough. <laughs> it was just like, like twitching. And then you kind of forgot. And it's kind of like when I feel like when I've been fasting, like I'll just feel like even if I'm not hungry when I'm fasting, I'm just reaching for food or snacks just because it's habit. And then I'm like, oh wait, I'm actually not hungry. So I think it's a proper name to call it a f- social media fast. I think it is. You know, I have another client, um, Beth Manos Bricky. She used to be Tasty Yummies on social media, but now she's her distant name. And she started taking weekends mm. and she was doing a lot of prep work. Like on, she's a pretty decent sized audience. And like on Fridays, she'd be like, okay guys, here's what I'm doing. Here's why I'm doing it. Like, so she did a lot of prep work. She didn't just like go off. Like every once in a while, I'll mm-hmm. just go off. Like I'll still be on kind of, but I won't be yeah. doing stories. And so she had to, she told me she had to take the icons off her phone. She oh, couldn't just like log yeah. out. She had to actually take the icons off of her phone, take the apps off. And she said she's been loving it. And then she'll come back on Monday and be like, hey guys, here's what I did all weekend and whatever. Yeah. I think you could totally do that. So long as you like prep your audience, I think. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't even think it requires a prep because, you know, like we've said, when you just disappear and you're like, hey guys, sorry, I've been gone. No one and they're like, no shit. one's no, like I took a unofficial break. Like my last post was ju- June seventh I think I think I have to look June 7th and then I posted again July like I, I took a whole month took a whole month July 16th no July 13th and my last post before that was June 7th so I took a whole month off unofficially and I didn't see really any difference however I stay like I'd still like reshare stuff on stories but I was still kind of off um I don't think you necessarily have to prep people but I didn't do it intentionally, which I wish I did. I wish I like took a full intentional, which means I didn't look, I didn't touch right. anything, but I did. I was still, I was still creeping. You know, I, um, I think if you're listening to this and you're new and you're trying to build your online business, you can't take breaks. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that mm-hmm. like you're so Kirsten and I actually talked about this. She asked me like, Hey, do you think it's okay? And she's actually working on her YouTube channel right now. I was like, yeah, I was like, you're still doing your business. Like you're still, you're just focusing on a different platform. Sure. Get off Instagram. She's like, I just like feel like an Instagram like specific fast. And I was like, that's great. So uh, this morning I was listening to traffic secrets, uh, Russell Brunson's new book and it's a business book. And he was just like, if you're just getting started and you pick a platform to be on, he goes, you have to publish every day for at least a year. Yeah. And I think that that's true. I, I know agree. like for you that you did that. I mean, I was blogging every day for two years. Mm-hmm. Like if you are new, it's not that you can't take a break because people will wonder. It's just that like you need to start getting reps under your belt. You have to start building a body of work. We just recently did an episode on internet business. And one of the things Danny said was consistency, you know, and, and maintaining relevancy. And if you're not publishing consistently, you're not relevant, yep. you know, and if you don't continue, even we're 10 years in, if you don't continue publishing fair, somewhat consistently, 
then you're also not relevant. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, so Jill and I, before we got on, what do we talk about? We're like, let's talk about social media, like yeah. taking breaks or um, and boundaries around social media. And just yeah. um, kind of the first question was like, is it bad for our self-esteem, self-worth? But we'll, we'll get back to that. But I think as far as business goes, you're right. Like I did not take off any days for years. And I posted probably multiple times a day, constantly in my DMs and on comments. Mm -hmm. And that's how I grew my audience. Yep. And people would always ask like, how'd you get, how'd you get an audience this big? I'm like, because I was doing it all the time. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Everything has to um, be with intention. But now that it's there, like, okay, let's just say we're not talking about social media for business, but is social media bad for our self-esteem? Is it bad for our self-worth? I think that it definitely can be. So here's where I think it's the, doing the most damage in that way is with young people. Mm. Um, you know, I know for me at, and you and I both, like and as teenagers, we didn't have that. You know, we had AOL dial-up or something. But, you know, and even that you would get like some cyberbullying a little bit. But, you know, now with so much access when you have like 10, 11, 12-year-olds having Instagram accounts, I do believe that they don't have the emotional bandwidth, the emotional understanding, the emotional maturity to be discerning. I think as an adult, it's our responsibility that if we are going to be on social media to really understand and work on our own self-esteem so we don't just default to feeling bad. Yeah. So if you find yourself scrolling and you do and you're constantly feeling bad, that you need to check yourself because like these, you know, I mean, we've said it a million times, but social media is a highlight reel. So, you know, very rarely you're going to get someone who just posts something that's, you know, just completely dumping and like just completely negative every once in a while for sure. But for the most part, people are putting their highlights up there and they should like to me, let's celebrate the good stuff. I think that that's really important to celebrate those things with your audience. Be real, be authentic. Like Danny and I, you know, that's obviously a value system of ours. But if you find yourself constantly feeling down, uh, you know, feeling bad about what you're doing, then it is your responsibility to have some discernment and what I'm interested in your take on, like, what would that look like? What would discernment look like? Okay. I'm, I'm like scrolling social media and I'm constantly like, Oh, this person's doing this. I should do this. And we, we feel that need to do more, to be more, to get leaner, to be more fit, to take more action. What do you do? What's the first step? Yeah. When I first like did anything different. Cause I just, I don't know, social media, we just kind of fell into it. And then totally. again, like we were just saying at the beginning, posting every day, doing all the things I was in fitness competitors. I was following so many competitors, obsessing over pictures of other people. And, um, it's funny because I, I was talking to my boyfriend about like who we follow. And I said something about body goals. I was like, Hey, do you follow other guys for like, he goes, no, I don't. He's like, people don't do that. I said, yeah, they do. I used to save tons of pictures of other girls. Like hashtag body goals. Yeah, and you'd be like, like, these legs are the ones yeah, I want. This yeah. back is the one I want. These tits are the yeah, ones I want. I mean, I would, I'd like pick out and he's like, no, body parts. I don't. he goes, I don't do that. And I was like, Oh, I thought that was everybody did that, but apparently they don't or not all people do. Um, but I was doing that a lot. And then when I went through adrenal fatigue and I knew I needed a break, I knew I needed to stop working out. I remember scrolling through and seeing all these posts of friends that I was following friends and people that I met competing. They were like two a day, getting it in, no excuses. And I, I remember going, 
shoot, I should just go to the gym just one time. Like, okay, I'm cutting back. I'm not going to do two a day. I'm just going to do one. And in the back of my mind, I knew that I should not be doing that. And so I'd say probably a year of my healing would have been fast forwarded. I wouldn't have had to go through that if I had just unfollowed people earlier. But I finally got to a place where I I realized I needed to unfollow people because it was triggering me. Mm. And it's not that these weren't good people. They were nice friends. They were doing what they had to do. And they were, they were, putting stuff out for their audience. I wasn't their audience. I was their peer. And I guess that was a way too, because I was like, I'm competitive. So I'm like, oh, if they're doing it, I got to go to the gym twice a day. So I had to unfollow people. I had to literally put boundaries on that and like click the unfollow button. I did not message them. And I say, was going to say, what, <laughs> were you worried that they were going to be upset that you unfollowed you know, or you'd have some sort of confrontation? No. I mean, most of them weren't like BFF kind of friends. They were just people that I met competing or like, you know, kind of peers or people that I wanted to meet or something. But I unfollowed because I just knew that every time I saw their things, those kind of posts that were like, get it done, no excuses. Because I started to question myself. I'm like, am I just making excuses? Mm. Is this just an excuse or can I really do, should I really just go to the gym and do a little? Maybe, maybe my body isn't as bad as it, you know, like you said, I started to question myself. And so I just decided to quit following those people. And later when I was feeling more healthy, like a year later, then I could choose if I wanted to follow them again or not. And then by that time, a lot of them I didn't want to. I didn't really care for that message. I didn't really want to have to do anything, have anything to do with that industry anymore. Um, but it started with like literally just unfollowing. And it was hard because I felt like these are people that I, and also, you know, I'm, I've been a people pleaser and I call myself a recovering people pleaser, but I didn't want them to think badly of me if they found out I was not following them anymore. And um, but I think it's easier. Just, I think you, you might have to unfollow people if, you're in that season in your life. So mm-hmm. speaking of Kirsten, she actually told me on the call, we had a coaching call like months ago and she said, you know, I had to unfollow you for a while because she was going through HA stuff mm-hmm. and she was like, I just, she actually, it's okay for me to share this here because she actually posted on social media after the fact. And she goes, I, then once I kind of like healed and wasn't so triggered about body stuff, I started following you for business. Yep. You know, and obviously we have a business coaching relationship now, but it was like, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, you didn't really care to follow those people because you were just not in that headspace anymore. So I think as we evolve as people and some of the things that maybe used to be important to us or are important to us now may not be in a couple of years, you know? So I think it's, I think one of the things that is a little bit scary about social media and I love social media for many reasons. Uh, obviously, like we wouldn't be here if there, if it wasn't for social media. But I think that in addition to giving your self-esteem a hit if you don't have the awareness. And by the way, like I think, and Danny always talks about this, I think it's possible to be really inspired by people on social media. So if you are, com- I find the more confident you are, the more inspired you are by people killing it. The less confident you are, the mm-hmm. less inspired and the more threatened you feel by people killing it. So ask yourself if your constant like reaction is, oh my God, like they're, you know, uh, you, you feel intimidated by their confidence or you feel like you're talking shit about them because they're crushing. Like you might need to get your confidence up because to me, I love looking at people who are like two steps, 10 steps ahead of me and going like, damn, that's what's possible for me. Mm-hmm. I think another besides like the self-esteem issue is that, and they've actually shown us in research that social media does make us feel lonelier because it's interesting. We have more quote unquote connection than we've ever had, but the connections are really shallow. So for example, you know, 20 years ago, if I found out that someone was having like someone I knew from high school was having a baby, like 
I would have to like call them up and congratulate them and like, you know, kind of like be like, how was the birth? And like, what, what's going on? I'm like, I would have to get the intel through like a really personal channel. Now I can see on Facebook that they had a baby. I can like that post and I feel, feel connected. Like, yeah. I feel like I know what's going on in their life. I don't yeah. need any additional details. I don't need, but that's not real connection, yeah. right? That's not actually connection. That's like awareness, but it's not. So it's actually making people feel they're like kind of giving up the time they would have spent calling people is now spent scrolling social media. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, last night we actually, I went, we ran into, or we went over to my boyfriend's like roommate from high school. He went to like a boarding school and he never posts anything, but he's, he had all these questions for, for Jeff about, he goes, Oh, what about this? What about this? Which he obviously saw on social media, but he's never talked to him. He never asked any questions. So it's like he was watching and he felt involved and invested, but Jeff had no idea what was going on on the other side because his friends never post and he didn't have any, like the guy wasn't engaging. He was just silently watching. And so I think it is interesting because we, we think we're involved with our friends and they're like, wait a second. I didn't even know you knew that. Or like you were a around or paying attention. And so I think there is, um, we have to be careful about just being a kind of silent stalker because people don't know that you're watching. And also just on that note, um, as a business person, lots of people are watching and stalking. And this is something really mm. important to remember that when you are sitting there trying to sell things and you're like, nobody's paying, nobody's liking my stuff. There are s probably 10 times more people seeing your stuff and reading it and going all the way through it than liking it. There's so many like silent watchers and stalkers. And I have had, I can't even tell you how many people have signed up with me um, for coaching, for programs or anything. And I never once saw them on my social media, but they came from social media. Yep. So we need to remember that. But it's a really good point that um, we feel like we're connected because we see what's happening, but we're not really actually making that connection. Yep. And it's, you know, I think it's one of those things where, okay, so we need to, so how can we preempt this? Or like, what are some like strategies or what are some maybe discernment practices or boundaries to have, um, around social media? So a big one that I want to kind of transition to is a lot of people say it's such a time suck. Mm -hmm. Social media is such a time suck. Scrolling is such a time suck. It's like, to me, it's the new television, right? Watching yeah. someone just like Instagram story after Instagram story, it goes right to the next one. So you don't even have to, it's like the mm -hmm. Netflix of, so you don't even actually have to click on anything. It just goes to the next one. Yep. It is literally set up and think about this, like you guys, like Instagram, Facebook, these are businesses. They are literally set up to keep you on those platforms for hours. They're like just the interfaces. So, so that like, it's the easiest way for you to, to consume everything. So they want to keep you on that because they have ads on there. So they want to keep you on these platforms for as long as you, that they possibly can. So I think it's really important that we have some boundaries around it, whether that's taking a fast or, um, whether that's having certain times Time in the limit. day that you are willing to look at it. Like, I think you've been on it a little bit less recently. Do you have anything around that or like that? It's may maybe making you less enticed and compelled to look at it. Yeah. You know, I used to, for a couple of years ago when I first was doing like when we were kind of on in Facebook early 2011 to 2013, I, I was, it was a lot. It was too much. Like it was affecting my marriage. And I remember my ex-husband coming home and he was like, you're on the phone all the time. And I'm like, but I'm working. And so I'd always justify it by saying I was working. And 
it really, I realized that there needed to be boundaries around it. So I have like personal boundaries that I set where like if I'm at dinner or something with friends, if my phone is there, I put it face down so I don't see the notifications. Um, I also will shut it off. I'll put it on airplane mode at 10 PM and I don't put it on. I don't turn it back on until after 8 AM in the morning. Um, lately that's been way easier because I don't even wake up till 9 a.m. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, and I also found there's a do not disturb thing and I started putting that on during the day so I see less notifications and that helps. And then being off, yeah, it's actually, I also turned off my notifications on Instagram. I was going to say, I think notifications should be off, like yeah. non-negotiable. Like yeah. I have, the only notifications I have on my phone are texts. Same. That's it. Yeah. You know, but everyone has like, you have Facebook, you have like all these different ones. Yeah. I turned off my notifications on IG maybe a year ago and that helped a lot because every time I saw the little red thing, I wanted to clear it. I don't sure. like having it there. Right. So I was constantly checking my DMs, constantly checking my DMs. And, um, so I took that off and that's helped. Um, and then yeah, texts are the only notifications I have on. Yep. And then I do, there's a do not disturb thing. And I put that on from like 10 to seven. So yep. even though I can still get the messages, I, the, the main reason I actually put it on was be, and how I learned was doc Jen fit. We had her on the podcast and I kept getting texts coming through while we were recording. Mm. And if you guys have heard the first, like, I don't know, 50 episodes, there'd always be dings. And I could not figure out how to get him to stop. I tried so many things and the do not disturb button was the key. So now it's just automatic. It, my phone goes on do not disturb but yeah. I think it's really interesting it's uh I think we have like a reflex to yeah. look at it yeah. you know I don't know about you but like I'll just go to the Instagram icon on my phone like I just look at my phone go right to it like totally I'll literally like close the thing go right to it again yeah <laughs> open it right back up again yep. so I think you know having um block time we've talked about that a little bit in the productivity episode about like okay what does it look like to for a lot of us we have big projects that we want to work on but it's always easier mm. to just check our email. It's always easier to just look at Instagram. It's always easier to scroll Facebook. So we have to have deliberate practices in place to go, okay, I'm turning my phone off mm -hmm. actually. So not just to airplane, but like off, off. And I'm going to put it in different room even. Do you ever turn yours off? When something's going wrong with it. <laughs> I'll put on an airplane though. I know. I, I put on an airplane at yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll put on an airplane if I'm working on something. I'll put yeah. in a different room. Like I'll leave it downstairs. <laughs> like I think that's important. Like yeah. just things that it, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Because yeah. when it is, like I don't mind. Like I'll sit here and just work or whatever. I'll yeah. turn off, I'll close my email out and I will get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But you have to have that. So one thing you do is just like set alarms on your phone, right? If you have like schedule time into your day for those big projects, give yourself an hour. You know, I think research has shown that we really can't do like much more focused work than like 50 to 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. Set your timer, you know, on your, not your phone, but somewhere else <laughs> Set a microwave <laughs> for, timer. you know, 45 minutes or so and just get as much as you possibly can done. And I think when you do that, you'll be surprised at just how much you get done. Like, yeah. you know, it's always so much bigger in your head. So if you have these big projects you've been putting off, I think it's really important that you go, okay, cool. Like I just have to have this out of my, out of sight for me, it's out of sight. So maybe it's downstairs in a different room, whatever. And, um, I'm the same with you and presence because when I first got my, I think my first smartphone in like 2010 mm -hmm. and Jade got one too, my ex-husband and both of us were on them all the fucking time yeah. even at dinner we were on because yeah. we didn't know like we didn't know how to use it yet yep. we just like default again default you use it like all the time yep. so I remember us having conversation a couple of years in and we're like okay this isn't okay yeah you know like we have to either like leave it at home or we have to like put it down and like I've been much more present when I'm like and, and now if I'm with someone who's not present I yeah. fucking can't stand it yeah same. I'm always like I, I'm like okay you're looking at your phone like way too fucking same. much and I understand <laughs> that's like it's your job it's your yeah. work it's your desk yeah 
but still like you can take an hour well the, <laughs> the other day I, this is good to tell in the podcast because i'll tell you later but we haven't talked yet um so i'm staying at um my boyfriend's parents house and so we sleep in separate rooms because they're religious so he's uh, sleeping in like different house basically there's like a uh, extra house in the back and um I text him to come like snuggle me in the morning so he comes and he's like spooning me but he's on his phone and I was like dude no I grabbed his phone and I threw it and I meant to just throw it on the bed but I freaking chucked it and it <laughs> bounced on the floor and I was like oh my god if I broke your phone I'm gonna feel like <laughs> such a dick I was like did oh, you break fuck. no thank god I was like oh, oh my, my god. god I didn't mean to throw it that hard except also I did like mean to throw it that hard so like don't be trying to hang out with me and then be on your phone. Right. I was like, no. So he was like, okay, that was fair. But, you know, it was one of those things where I get super yeah. pissed off now. Yeah. I just get really annoyed. And there are times where we're just like out and I'm like, yo, why? Like, get get off your fucking phone. Like, I get pissed off and annoyed by it. And and then I find myself too, like being passive aggressive. Or if he's on, I'm like, fine, I'm going to be on mine then too. Right. And then it's and just like, then help. now we're just sitting here, like both on each other, both on phones. Like, why and are you we don't really want to be? On we're phone. sitting together and we're just not talking to each other. So, so yeah, I mean, it can cause a lot of, it can cause a lot of issues. Yep. Um, the, you know, the comparison, another thing, like we talked about, um, the divorce of Ooh. the Hollises, comparing your relationships and not really knowing the truth. Like we're comparing so much, our business, our bodies, our relationships, yep. and we don't see all of the things that are going on. And it's so, it can be such a slippery slope to look at other people's, what they're doing, where they're going, who they're seeing, and, you know, think that you're not doing as well. But don't you like you and I worked with enough people now that I know always know something's just happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I just assume that I think that really does help me. Like, not that I don't want to be like negative, but I'm like, Oh, there's something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, there is something and there's even something with me and you and like mm -hmm. whatever. So mm -hmm. while, um, I do think that social media is becoming more transparent. I think a lot of people are willing to share way more vulnerabilities than they ever have. Yep. I still think we have a long way to go, but I also think, and you and I've talked about this, like I kind of like, that sometimes that social media is a place where you can celebrate with your friends, your family, your audience. Like to me, like I like seeing the, the engagements and the new babies and the yeah. like just, you know, crush my launch. And like, I like seeing that stuff. So I think if you start getting too triggered all the time, then I, I would say that that's a signal to evaluate your own self-esteem. And really at the end of the day, I notice for me when I am getting caught up in what other people are doing, I'm like, why do I give a shit? Yeah. I'm literally like, okay, I need to get excited about my own stuff. Yeah. It's because I'm stagnant mm. somewhere. It's because I'm trying to check out. I'm trying to like escape rather than just do what I need to do. Cause when I'm in my power and I'm fucking creating and I'm doing like, and I'm launching stuff and I'm like busy as hell. And like we're recording constantly. I don't even have the fucking time or wherewithal to give a shit about what other people are doing. So I think high level, get yep. excited about your own life, yep. right? Cause when you're doing stuff and you're engaged and you're like, you're taking action and whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to be in a business by the way. But when you're doing things that fulfill you, it's like, you could give a shit because you are so in line with what you're doing that like anyone else's, you're like, good for them. I don't want that. If someone's having a baby. Good for them. I don't want that. Someone's getting married. Good for them. I don't fucking want that yeah. because you're so clear on your own path. Yeah. So I think you really have to get discerning about what you want. It's such a good 
point, and I remember when I first, first, first got on social media back in MySpace, so it was like 2005 maybe, and the, my boyfriend that I was dating at the time got a MySpace account. He was telling me about it, kept telling me to get on. I was like, no, I don't want to do that, and I, I did, and I started following all these people, and if you guys were on MySpace and you remember, there was like, top you eight. could list your friends, yeah, your top eight, and people were like ranked, right? And so I would go to these people that I admired and see who their top friends were. And then I'd follow those friends. And then I started getting jealous that I wasn't their friends. And (laughs) I started to just get really envious of people. And I don't know where I came up with it because we didn't have this podcast. But I remember thinking I, I was following this one particular girl. I think it was after we, I broke up. Yeah, this is it. I broke up with the, the guy and I saw that he was seeing this chick and she was like into motorcycles. And I was like, and I just thought she looked so cool because she like had all these motorcycle photos and I was following her. She probably had no idea who I fucking was, but I was getting like triggered and just, I'd go to her page, like pain shopping, just keep watching mm-hmm. what she was doing. Look at what she's doing with her motorcycles. And she was really cute. And I thought she was cuter than me. And I remember just going, you know what? I'm going to do the coolest shit so that if she ever came to follow my page, <laughs> I will be doing really cool stuff. And that's literally the shift that it took for me. I was like showing this girl who probably didn't even know I existed. But I like in my mind was like, I got to do some really cool shit too. And so that's when I like kind of flipped and started doing cool shit. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to do that and just go like, all right, if I'm like sitting here staring at like, what can I do? That's really fucking cool. Which is also brings up another. I love that story. It's fucking hilarious <laughs> also. But all, <laughs> like... You know, it also is just like if you're constantly checking out like your ex's pages or your ex's new girlfriend's pages or your ex's old girlfriend's pages or your current person's old girlfriend's pages, like, and I'm I'm talking from experience, <laughs> like that's an issue. Oh, I it's just such might have a, done that today. So. Oh my god, it's <laughs> such. A, I mean, it's an issue, and it's interesting because it's like, how is that helping? You know, like how is that really helping you? Except like you're curious. And I've certainly done it. And so there is that meme that I think we posted on the best life one time that was like me checking all my exes and ex-girlfriends, exes, girlfriends, and it had like a million different monitors. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) It's like, okay. But you know, um, and it was interesting because I was reading. I mean, real talk. I'm always stalking exes like at least once a month just to see. Just to see. (laughs) Just to see what though? (laughs) I don't know. I just want to see. I'm like, okay. I just want to make sure I'm always one-upping them. (laughs) See, that's how you're motivated. I just need to be one up. I'm like, okay, good. I'm still ahead. <laughs> In everything way? is a but competition. How do you know you're ahead? It's my. It's how I base the competition rules and points, and I give myself the most points. <laughs> Please, someone message me that I'm not alone here. No, All you're right? not. I mean, believe me, everyone does it. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to bring up about your inputs. So I think that because there is like, I think something like 20 years ago or something like the average attention span was like 20 minutes. Like yeah. someone said, now the average attention span is seven seconds. Yeah. So, and they say like a goldfish is eight seconds. So we have like less attention than a goldfish. Right. So because attention is the most scarce that it's ever been and it's the most valuable it's ever been, whether you're a content creator or mm. you're, or just a, you're a person consuming content, I think it's important that you pay attention to your inputs. So you have to know like, okay, who am I following? Like, where am I getting? So if you have, if you're on Facebook and you have a shitload of relatives that have a completely, like have, you know, just like a a political stance that like you can't get on board with. And every time you get on Facebook, you just become irate 
or whatever. Yes, there's something to be said for like, you know, listening to the other side and like having a, a discourse. But if you're, if you find yourself getting off Facebook constantly, you know, upset and like irate all the time, then you have to protect those inputs. So I think there's a couple of schools of thought on like, should you follow the news online? Mm. Here's the thing that I think is important. I think it's important to know what's happening, but I do not think it's important to get people's perspective on the news. So for example, let's talk about just even sports there. We talked about this a little bit, but there's like what happened in the game. Then there's broadcasters, uh, opinion about what happened in the game. So now the news is not necessarily news. It's just someone's opinion about the news. Yep. Right. And so you like put on any of these news stations and all it is, is opinion on like in their interpretation, which is not unlike our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you have to be diligent with where you're getting your news. Yeah. You should only get it from us. Oh, just get it from us. We'll keep you in the loop on what is important. Um, (laughs) Mostly nothing. Yeah. I mean, I actually get a daily email from the skim. Do you know that? It's S K I M. Mm -mm. I think it's just one M. Um, and they do a pretty good job of being pretty objective. They slant like younger. So it's a, like, I'd probably say it's, if anything, it's a little bit liberal, but it's not like overtly like, so it's pretty, and it's a daily email, just what's going on right now. Mm. And so it's just like a super short email. It's called the skim. Um, <laughs> and that's where oh, it's the, and then S K I M M. You know um, how I usually get my news? I see the memes about it first <laughs> and I'm like, what are they talking about? And then I Google whatever that the meme was that I'm like, okay, Kanye freaking out. What did he do? And then I'm like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> that's how I get my news. <laughs> Googling the memes. You know, and like sometimes you might need to take a news break even, you know, and that's what's hard. It's like, there's so many yeah. things. There's so many really important causes going on all the time, but I think it's hard to constantly have so much urgency and like so give so much like mental and emotional reserves to everything constantly so I think if my practice has been picking a couple yeah that like I really want to go hard on you know because I'm just not sure that I can go hard on everything as much as I want to and as much as I hate to be like well I like can't really like focus on the environment this month like whatever you know it's just like you have to decide what are the things that are important to you and it's not wrong if something isn't as important as other things and decide, okay, like who, who do I, who is doing a good job with that? Who can I follow in that space? And then just pick and choose a handful, like two or three really things that are going to be important to you and that you want to follow along with. I'm really glad you brought that up because there are so many things right now and I've seen like, oh, you don't care about this, but you care about that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So we have to care equally about everything and be irate about it all. And that, that's not, that's not feasible either. And so I think you're right. No, it's not sustainable. And so often people are going through their own personal shit, you know, like just had a dog die and someone's diagnosed with cancer and someone in your family lost their job. It's like that stuff takes all of the energy you have right away, let alone like we know the world's falling apart, but then when your own personal world's falling apart, you just don't have the time and energy to worry about all that other stuff. And so it's, um, you have to give yourself a little bit of, of of a break and grace for that. And so I, I agree that there might be times you do need to take a break from the news and it doesn't mean you're burying your head in the sand. It's just, it's self-care. It's mental health day. It's, you know, like I think it is really important to, to be able to go, you know what, this is too much for me right now. And this is where it comes down to self-awareness and knowing your triggers and like what you can handle. And if you find yourself 
constantly anxious, constantly angry, constantly feeling like you have to check, have to check, have to check, see what's happening. Or like you're in an argument online with some trolls, like it might be time to step back and just go, let me take a breather and like, see what really matters in my life right now. And what I really care about before I go back and step into like another landmine. Yep. And I also think it's a balance between exposing yourself to opposing viewpoints mm. and also protecting your energy. Right. So for example, you know, if I'm following someone from I, that I knew 10 years ago who I competed with one time and they have direct 180 degree different views on politics than I do. And they're constantly like really loud about it and like really like forceful about it. I'm going to look at that and be like, that's curious to me because my brain doesn't work that way. Mm. Literally like that's not like what they're saying to me doesn't make sense because my brain works the opposite way. But I'm also not a martyr. So I'm not going to be like, well, I need to keep looking at this to like see if I can like get it. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at it, evaluate it and be like, cool, I can maybe see where they're coming from but I don't agree with that. Like, so look at something. I think it's valuable to be able to evaluate information and like consider it. I think that's, I think a lot of times we even lose that, but I think having the space to look at an opposing viewpoint and be like, cool, I'm trying to see where they're coming from. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But at the end of the day, like we just don't see eye to eye. You're not a martyr. You don't have to keep following that person, you know? So I think you do have to follow in line with your values too, And if someone is constantly posting something that is like just so outside your values, it's like just cringeworthy, then get it out of your feed. Yeah. That's okay. It's not like you're burying your head in the sand. It's like, cool. I looked at it. I evaluated it from like a a level. And now I'm just like, I'm not a martyr. I have to keep looking at this. I'm fine. Yeah. 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 I think it's, uh, it's interesting with the, (laughs) I've seen people recently go on Facebook mostly, um, well, I saw some friends that I had to unfollow today because of what they wrote. And it's it's interesting because I don't know if we were in real life interactions, if these conversations would happen. Yeah. I think there's some kind of, it's like yeah. uh, not liquid courage, but like just the keyboard courage of being able to say whatever you want to say that you might not say out loud or in a group of people. And that's a very fascinating thing. And it's it's also a way to get I don't know, to draw a line in the sand, I guess, of what you believe and what you don't believe. What I find really interesting, though, is people who have had longstanding friendships and then there's a belief that's different and they're just like, you're dead to me. And it's like, okay. You know what's interesting about that is I actually think the opposite. I I think there's a lot more conversations I'd have personally Mm. than I would online. For some reason online, it feels more risky because you're just like, you're not there to evaluate their response. So for example, whenever, if you and I send an email to our list, And maybe it has some like political undertones or like it has something to do that we just know is going to be polarizing, whatever that is. You know, I'm not there with the person when they're getting my email to like help them interpret it, you know, versus if I'm having a conversation with you and you say something that's like completely against my values, I'm going to be like, cool, like tell me more about that because I actually see the complete opposite. I'm way more likely to engage in that way because we can have like discourse around it, you know? So I think, but it is interesting, like especially like trolls and stuff, like just... There's a lot of courage there, you know, that. <laughs> so people just make up their own stuff sometimes. Got to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what sea lining, sea lining is? No. Sea li- lioning. 
sea lioning. No. Yeah. I saw it from Dr. T's page. If you guys aren't following him, he's great. I'm Dr. T, uh, T-E-E. And he had this whole post about it. It was when you're online and you post something and in the comment section, you get a hater or a troll mm -hmm. who's constantly like asking you to respond. Like, why aren't you responding? Post references. Like just there's like this constant ask for references, this constant ask for responding. Like they won't let you just not respond. Yeah. And it's just like this like you have to keep proving yourself to me, a random follower, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Go to his page and, and take a look at it. Sea lioning. Do sea lions do that? I don't know <laughs> where it came from. I'm like trying to figure out why it's a sea um, lion thing. I don't know. Sea lions are probably dicks like that. I can imagine. I've seen a few. I worked at SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Oh, sea lining. That's a hard word to say. Yeah, sea lining is a troll tactic that uses persistent questioning and requests for proof for mm. the purposes of disruption. These requests are made under the guise of innocent civility, discussion, and learning. The goal of this performance, however, is to impede the conversation and target the person speaking. It includes persistent questions that seem oblivious or uninformed. I'm just asking. I just right? want like, to so know. I just, yeah. I'm just asking. Yeah, like, uh -huh. I'm just asking for persistent requests for proof, questions about basic info that can be easily found or verified. Mm. Um, so go check out his page. It's like a swipe thing. It's really very valuable. I'm Dr. T-E-E. -E. I've, I've seen this kind of thing happen. Like, I'm just asking. Just like, I'm just like innocent. Like, I'm just asking for like, okay, just explain what you can't explain to me. Yeah. Social media is interesting. I have a love hate. I love it because it has brought me here. I meet so many people. I have amazing relationships and just people who listen and conversations and DMS that we get. And, and then sometimes I just get on and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> And how was I following you? I don't know what's going on. And I, I feel like a lot of you guys would feel the same. But ultimately, um, you know, it is our job. One, nobody's forcing us to consume social media. Right. So it really is our job to protect our own mental health, to protect our own um, feelings and how we're doing everything. So, you know, when it comes down to like, is it, does it make self-esteem bad? Does it make your your self-worth low? Like that's kind of up to us. Now, I think if you were a kid growing up with it, it's trickier, but we're adults now. And most of us, you know, if you're 30 and above, we didn't grow up with it. So we do have a choice of how much we can, if we want to consume and not. And actually it's funny because Jill has a little brother who's, how old is Connor? 25? 26. 26. <laughs> He's 26. He like doesn't know how to D he doesn't DM. Shout <laughs> he, out Connor. He does it. He's barely on social media, which I don't understand how a young person. Um, I felt, I thought they were just like born with a, a MySpace account or something. Um, but you know, there is a choice. There really is a choice. And so we really have to go back to realizing if it is affecting your life, it's affecting your marriage, your relationships, your job, your business, yeah. your mental health, your anxiety levels, take a step back and like reevaluate how you're interacting, either unfollow people or set time limits or take it off your phone. Um, there's a lot of things you could do. We've kind of thrown some ideas out here. You can share some more ideas in the Facebook group at thebestlifepodcast.com if you need to put your phone. I know that there's like boxes you can buy where you lock it in a box and the timer won't let you pull your phone out. There's a, I mean, that's a physical one, but there is yeah. a, there's one that does it software wise. We have to figure yeah. out what that one is, but you can actually put it on your phone. It gives you like an hour a day of social media yep. or something. Yep. Uh, Jeff was using that, but then he kept snoozing it. So I was like, well, that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the snooze, but it's like my alarm this morning. I set it for 645. I was like, that doesn't mean I got up at 645. It just means I snoozed for an hour and a half. <laughs> yep. 
So anyway, love this conversation. Um, would love to hear what kind of things you guys use. I'm also curious about what kind of boundaries you put on if you have kids, you know, if you give them certain time, um, if you have to see their phone, what kind of apps are on there, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's so important because we, it's in our lives now. It's, it's a part of us. So we have to create, I mean, there was no, there's no rules because this didn't exist. So we're creating the rules. So I'd love to hear what you guys do, um, how it's affected you, maybe how you've helped it stop affect you. And, um, you can share with us. Oh, also I created this amazing, what? like if you, okay, it's a download. We have some playlists because I know many of you guys have hit us in the DMS and you're like, Hey, I want to hear more about like the food obsession stuff or, Hey, can you, I want to share, like, I want to hear about the infidelity or somebody that stayed with their partner after infidelity. I heard your first episodes when you guys broke up. So we broke up all of the episodes into topics and categories. So if you go to the link in our bio in IG, you can enter your email and get sent the playlist. You'll get a whole PDF of it and also a Spotify playlist. So you can go and just listen to specifically those episodes. If you missed anything on infidelity, if you missed anything on relationships, if you missed anything on food and exercise obsession, it's all there. I think there's six categories. There's money mindset. Also there's business as well. And then there's just like general personal development, but y'all it's good. So you don't have to miss anything. And if there's something you really want to dive deep in, it's all there and you could just go check it off the list. So go check it out. That's awesome. Yep. All right, y'all. We love you. Love your show. Gotta go. Bye.